People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm, inviting you to join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or on our website to hear our take as three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can follow us on Facebook. You can reach us with your comments, questions, suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and you can email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And stay tuned for our long-awaited YouTube channel. And now on with this week's episode. Greetings, Brothers Talk family all around the world. We welcome you and all first-time listeners, wherever you're listening in, and we urge you to keep holding critical thinking conversations to promote social activism and uplift people everywhere. We appreciate you for helping with the work of encouraging and educating those you come into contact with, while we also look to endorse and inspire new and existing Black businesses and individuals to empower and enrich the Black community. Your weekly coronavirus alert, because we care, is that there continues to be rising concern about that increase in COVID cases across the country linked to the new parole variant. And it's more infectious than previous strains, along with the spike in other respiratory infections, such as RSVB2, the flu, and even the common cold. The World Health Organization is following Corolla closely to determine if it's more severe and resistant to existing vaccines. The newest boosters for the existing XBB variants will be available later this month, and the CDC is recommending that you wait until then or even early October when the new formulations have been tested for efficacy against Parola as well. So as always, if you haven't gotten your original vaccination, please do so because any protection is better than none. And remember that wearing a mask in crowds is the best protection because masks prevent infections and transmission of all airborne respiratory infections. Finally, if you're traveling, remember to carry and use plenty of disinfectants to kill all these viruses and bacteria that can keep you out of the hospital or the morgue. Let's protect ourselves and each other, people. We can and we must do better. And now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Norm. Thanks, Rod. And thank you, uh, uh, the Brothers Talk family, for your continued support. And as usual, I want to piggyback on uh, what Rod talked about in terms of the COVID COVID vaccine. I'm sorry, vaccine virus. I was recently on a a plane flight uh, out of town, and I just made it my business. I was like, you know, I just want to see how many people are paying attention to what's going on. And to my surprise, there were only about three other people that I counted on the plane with a full flight on the plane that had on masks. And I was shocked because, you know, Jill Biden just got the virus just a couple of weeks ago and people may, may not be paying attention. They can't be paying attention. But as we predicted, the virus was going to come back. It was going to come back this fall and look like it's going to be even worse because they're already talking about some school systems in some states, are closing down because of the virus. So family, go out there, get the vaccine, wear your mask, protect yourself and protect your loved ones. Noah? Thanks, Scott. I'm going to be a little political this week and remind everybody that Nancy Pelosi, at age 83, now, regardless, 
at age 83, it's about the time, it's about time to turn that mantle over to young people and groom a, a leadership for the future. We already have Biden, Mitch McConnell, and a host of other elderly people running this country, which is why we are stuck in the status quo. It's time for young people to stand up and step forward and pave new leadership for the future of this country. Rod. We want to welcome in a guest this week. We've got Brother Thaddeus Bowers, who was born and raised in Mobile, Alabama. He's lived in the D.C. area since 1974 after finishing college. Brother Thaddeus worked in the restaurant industry for over 20 years and has been a manager of businesses his entire adult life. He enjoys working with people to help them achieve whatever they want to do. And his main reason, which is near and dear to our hearts as the genesis for this very podcast programming, was to protect that most noble of Black community institutions, the Black Barbershop. He decided to buy a hair salon because of bad experiences in barbershops. He says he's not a barber or a stylist, but he's been in business for over 20 years. So, Brother Thaddeus, we're happy to have you into the mix. And tell us a little bit about those experiences that led you to decide to take up an entirely different business line. Okay. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say thank you guys for, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, well, first off, I had a barber that I, me and my son used to go to all the time. And he decided to move to North Carolina. I'm, I'm in the D.C. area right now. So we had, to, we had to find a new barber. So we were on a Saturday just riding around looking for a, a places to go. I stopped in one place, one barbershop. And when I walked in, they had this gangster rap, which going on. My son at the time was like 12 years old. And, I, and uh, so when I walked in, I was assuming that they were going to take it off. They didn't. So I went to the, uh, asked for the manager or the owner and asked them, would they mind, you know, not playing that type of music while, while my son is in here. So they, they took it off. We got a haircut uh, and we left. Of course, we didn't go, never went back. So the next uh, couple of uh, next week, we went to another uh, barbershop and they were playing X-rated movies in, in the shop when we walked in. And I did the same thing, you know, went to the uh, owner, asked for the manager, asked them would they not play this while my son and I was in there. So they politely took it off, but that's not the point. It never should have been on. So I, I was thinking to myself, I said, you know what? I can do better than this. I don't have the training. I'm not a barber. I'm not a stylist. But one day I made up my mind right then that I'm going to buy a hair salon and 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 do better than that. So that's kind of how, how I fell into it. I I happened to know somebody that knew someone that wanted to sell a hair salon. So I got lucky enough uh, to buy an existing one rather than trying to, you know, do a startup, which was buying an existing one is much easier, obviously. So that's that's kind of how I fell into it over 20 years ago. So Thaddeus, what are some of the uh, biggest challenges that you have in in managing and running uh, you know, recruiting. There's a lot of competition. It appears yeah. a lot of because there are barbershops and and hair salons all over the place. Oh, right. What What are some of your biggest challenges though in, in in attracting and retaining customers? Uh, customers. Yeah, just running the shop in general. Right. Right. Okay. Well, running the shop, it 
right now, uh, there's a they have these these uh, this big company is uh, called Phoenix, I believe is the name of them. They have these suites that they offer um, stylists and barbers to come in and and, and rent. Uh, it's a different type of system than what I have. What I have is like a it's more of a communal place where it's all it's out in the open and people have conversations. But the hardest thing is just trying to uh, uh, get a group of people that like each other. Also, I didn't mention this, but before that, I had gone in other barber shops where actually it was almost fights in there between barbers and customers. Um, oh. So before I bring somebody on, I can, I can, I can. Uh, the, the other barbers can train somebody how to be a barber, but they can't train somebody how to act. So the most important thing for me is is to get someone that that's pleasant, that that's uh, that will uh, uh, you know do the right thing and and take care of the clients that come in. Do you sell African American hair products in your location? I do not. At this, I I did at one time. Um, I stopped doing it because I, I couldn't get control of it because I wasn't there. Uh, some of the times I would come in and it would disappear. Uh, so I actually just I, I stopped. So that is, um, like I say again, we know there are lots of challenges, and particularly as I said earlier. The uh, black barbershop is near and dear to our heart because we always talk about how we learned a lot of our ability to think critically and hold meaningful conversations from what right. we used to hear in the barbershop. So it was really good to hear you talking about promoting that kind of uh, communal atmosphere. So what are the conversations like in your establishment these days? Are you hearing uh, people engaged around political conversations? Is it more entertainment and sports oriented? What are you hearing? Uh, a little of both. You know, being in the D.C. area, there's a lot of polit so-called politicians around here, people that work for the government. So a lot of the conversations is about uh, politics. Of course, being in a uh, uh, shop, a lot of his own sports, you know, which 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 team they, people like and uh the players that that they like, but I, I want to kind of correct one thing. I, I actually have a barbershop slash uh, hair salon, so I have I have ladies in there that do hair, and I have barbers in there. So, in, in my particular uh, hair salon, uh, the whole it's it's built for the whole family. I have braiders in there too that can braid hair. So uh, it's it's. Sometimes I have to tap down the enthusiasm in the barbershop. It's it's sort of in a separate room, but sometimes they get carried away. You know, you don't want to use a. Uh, you have to use a different kind of language if you, at least for me, if if you're around ladies, you know, out of just out of pure respect. So uh, sometimes it get a little out of hand. I have to go down and tell them, you know, calm it down a little bit. If you since you've been in this business for for a while, so that means yeah, I mean, you you got uh, the business acumen for for running this type of uh, business. Right. But if you had to do, if you can change some things in there about that whole industry, uh, what what would it be? Well, that's that's a tough question. I don't know how to answer that. And, and, and the reason the reason I okay. ask you that is because you know I've gone into a barbershop. shop. 
near my neighborhood, and okay. no, there's no customer. There are no customers in there. Okay. And I walk in and I ask for a haircut, and the guy want to know, do I have an appointment? And everybody, <laughs> and they won't cut my hair because I'm saying, well, okay, is somebody okay. coming I in see. there? What, what? Yeah, that type of thing. Okay, I see what you mean. Let, let me tell you one thing I did. I don't live inside of my four walls. I, uh, about three months ago, purposely went to other uh, hair salons and got my hair cut, okay? And I know exactly what you're uh, talking about uh, since you put it in, in those terms. I went in one uh, uh, hair salon, barber slash barbershop. I sat there and nobody said a word to me. It was about six people in there. I felt uncomfortable. I almost got up and left. You know, I, I didn't know what to do. Nobody said anything to me. So what what I enforce in my salon is a family style uh, hair salon where no matter if it's your customer or somebody else's customer, when someone walks in the door, they're welcome. And it's working because on Yelp, all of the comments that we get, this is not coming from me. This is coming from our customers. They tell us that we that they love coming there because they feel welcome. They feel like they're part of their family, and um, they uh, you know being in uh, background in restaurants, I keep the place uh, immaculately clean. Uh, one of the things that my daughter told me when I told her I was going to buy a salon, she said, "Daddy, if you do one thing, keep the bathroom clean." <laughs> And that's one of my pet peeves is making sure that the uh, that the restrooms uh, are immaculately clean. As a matter of fact, I, I'll get on a barber if he comes out of the bathroom and the trash can is half full. Just dump it in, in, in the big trash can because we want to make sure that the place is clean. People like coming there. Um, and we have customers that we call hair talk customers. That's the name of the salon. And these are customers, no matter uh, who's the barber that comes in there, who, or I'm sorry, whoever the barber is, they may leave, his barber may leave, but they still continue to come because they like the atmosphere. And that's one of the things I, I think uh, needs to be needs to change, especially in, in the Black experience as far as barbershops are concerned. Our community spends a lot of money, especially our women, Yes. Having nails done, manicures, what have you. In cosmetology, period. African-American women spend five uh, five times more than any other demographic in regards right. to cosmetology. Have you ever considered opening a nail shop or, or just any other type of cosmetology business since our community spends so much money right. in, in this atmosphere? Well, funny you ask me that. I actually have hired... Uh, I tried to do that. Uh, I tried to put a nail salon in, in there. Uh, but the person that I hired was kind of dependent on the captive customers. What I mean by that is the people that come there anyway, they didn't want to go out and, and build the business for themselves. So it, it didn't work out. Uh, actually, I had to, you know, go out and buy uh, supplies and stuff for, for them. So I, I lost money on the deal. So now I've just decided to, to keep to the core principle of just, you know, braiding, uh, haircuts and and styling. So it, it just didn't work out for me. I tried it three times and it just just didn't work. Well, and we know that, hey, all businesses have their ups and downs. And so that is once again, we are 
really happy to talk about this particular topic because we know that of the uh, many areas that have reached sort of mainstream crossover, black hair care is not one of them. That in essence, that still remains unique to our communities for our ability to manage uh, the care of our scalps and our locks, et cetera. So we're real happy to give you the opportunity each week what we call our Black Business Spotlight, which means an opportunity for a Black business or an entrepreneurship to be featured. And so since you are here, we want to give you the last word to tell people the name of your business again, uh, where you're located, how they can uh, take advantage of your services, because we're going to give you the Brothers Talk Bump. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, Name of the uh, hair salon is Hair Talks. We're located uh, in Springfield, Virginia, 6554 Backlit Road in, in Springfield, Virginia. And one of the things that I forgot to mention, I'm glad you're giving me this opportunity to do it now. We cut and do all types of hair. We just don't do black hair. Okay. We do a lot of Middle Easterners, uh, our in our neighborhood, a lot of Hispanics, and a lot. We cut a lot of white hair and do a lot of white hair. So, we are, again, a family-type uh, salon. I'm about to say restaurant. I was in the restaurant business so long. I, sometimes I call it a restaurant sometimes. And so, you know, we, we, we welcome everybody in. Man, I can't tell you how happy I am to hear you talk about that part of it because we know, as I think both Norm and Scott alluded to, the number of non African-Americans who come into our communities and start nail shops and things like that. So the fact that uh, you cater to people outside of just our own demographic is a really good thing that we want to make sure that everybody out there knows about hair talks. That is a great, great business model that you've got going there. And we hope that more people will pick it up. So we're very happy that you took the time to come in and be with us this week. So we want to thank you again. Thank you very much for having me. I really enjoyed it. And like I say, if you'd, we're about uh, 12 miles outside of uh, Washington, D.C., and about actually about seven miles from Maryland. So we're located in a very central location in, in northern Virginia. So we got people that drive sometimes 10, 15, 20 miles uh, to, to, do, uh, to come to get the air there because the, the stylists and the barbers there actually do a really, really good job. All right. There you have it, DMV. So if you're in the area and need your hair taken care of, make sure you look up Hair Talks. That's a wrap for this show. And remember, you can share your thoughts with us and you can follow and communicate with us by sending your comments as well as your questions and show ideas to The Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And as always, God willing, we'll continue to keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. Until our next episode, know that we sincerely appreciate your time and interest and rest assured that we'll never take it or you for granted. And finally, let's do better today because that's all we really have.